2: What is going on everybody? It is Friday. We are into week five one game into week five at least Hopefully all of these games will be played as we've gotten a little bit of good news here over the day But as we've learned that can change very quickly in a 24 to 48 hour period I've got Matt and Dennis here with me. How you gentlemen doing on this beautiful Friday?
1: I am doing fantastic Riding my fifteen-year-old's ass like he's sea biscuit to get the damn homework done. It's, uh. it's a hot mess. He just and and it's he's fifteen and does bear some culpability. However, we got two different systems the school uses, and there can be a twenty-point in his grade between the two systems. And one teacher's like, oh, this system is the one you look at. Different teachers, oh, this system is. One teacher today I emailed and I'm like, look, there's there, you don't show an assignment here for seven days. Your email says he's missing a bunch of work. He says he's missing two assignments. We don't know what the hell is going on. I need answers. He's like, look, here's the assignments he's missing.
3: And think, if it's that hard for you, a parent who actually cares, what's this, what's it like for, <laughs>
1: for everyone else? Well, he took his first two parts of his midterm for his first college class. Uh, he got an 80 on one and 100 on the other part. Uh, and he has to turn in tonight the five minimum five-page paper, MLA formatted, 12-point Times New Roman double-spaced, uh, on uh, the early 1900s progressive movement. So we'll see how that goes.
2: Yeah, school sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> stay, stay in school, kids. Stay in school. I'm just messing with you. Stay in school. No, it, it is frustrating. I mean, someone who, obviously my kids are much younger than yours, but having to deal with <clears> – <throat> Virtual learning, and I was just talking to my teacher today. For My son is, has been sick the past couple of days, so they have him doing virtual learning stuff at home. And like, okay, well, this is what you need to do, but then every time I go to this website to do what they want me to do, there's no videos on this website. They did everything live. They haven't posted the videos that I'm supposed to watch on there. It's like, oh, well, it's due by Friday, or he's going to take a zero on this assignment. Well— It's about 4.45 on Friday, and I'd love for you guys to post these videos so that my son can watch them, because I'd love for him to not take a zero because he's been at home with uh, what looks like to be an upper respiratory infection. So, just wonderful. Wonderful. Just got to love life. Speaking of wonderful things, how about Big Dick Nick? I mean, he seems to have Tom Brady's number, just, you know... (laughs) Tom Brady might need to go back in school and learn how to count to four as well. Did not finish watching the end of that game, but oh, I guess no. uh, he doesn't know sad. what uh, <laughs> what happens uh, between third and fourth down. So I'll let you guys take it. As I mentioned, I, I was out by, I think there was, I, I made it till the fourth quarter and then ended up going to sleep last night. How did the rest of that game finish out there for the Bears and the Buccaneers?
1: Look, for men of a certain age, and I suppose women as well, you know, when you get older, the faculties don't fire as quickly as they used to. It's easy to get distracted. There's no reason to give Brady a whole bunch of crap because he forgot, you know, what down it is. That mistake can be made. Uh, I don't think Nick played terribly well. I mean, the, yeah. the Bears in general, Montgomery struggled. Uh, Nick, missed, Nick missed some throws really bad. The defense looked good. Uh, you know, that one play, Camille Khalil Mack just, you know read, uh all tossed old You know, I I gotta show that to my son and let him know, look, this is what's gonna happen to you, you don't get your work done.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I It made me wonder, so Brady clearly did not realize the fourth down play was fourth down, which explains, because I was wondering why he threw it so far down the field when there was a receiver open underneath. It also made me wonder, you know, they get – he got calls sent in. They huddled up before that play. I would have thought whoever the play caller was, which I think is Arians, would have said, you know, okay, fourth down, we're going to look at – but I guess there was no communication. He looked – Visibly stunned, Um, but he was, they did not have a very good second half. Both these teams, as the announcers noted, would drive the ball really well and then just murder themselves with penalties and just go backwards and backwards. And it seemed like every time Tampa Bay got into a groove in the second half, their offensive line would just go off the rails. And sometimes it was letting Brady get killed. Sometimes it was some really terrible penalties. Their guard made a stupid personal foul penalty on one of the the drives because he went up and helmet butted somebody like you think you're going to get away with that. So Brady was in some vintage screaming mode um, to his teammates through some of that second half. But otherwise, it was it was fairly competitive and for fantasy purposes, a lot of the people that we thought were going to be good, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, as soon as he caught that two yard touchdown, I thought that that was the sum of our discussion yesterday. <laughs> you know, Evans was fine. Um, you know, they got both tight ends involved in some ways. It was exciting to see Tyler Johnson finally get some, some work and he looked pretty good. David Montgomery looked good when they remembered that he played for them and they gave him the ball. Alan Robinson was good. Jimmy Graham got his touchdown. I think the only big fantasy surprise to me was Brady hit like nine different receivers and Scotty Miller was not one of them.
2: Yeah. So on uh, Tampa side here, Brady gets you 14 points. Ronald Jones, 15, Mike Evans, 15, Tyler Johnson, 10, Scotty Miller, the big zero, as you mentioned, Gronk eight and Cameron Brate eight. Uh, we did see Fournette come in there, did not do much. They, they did say beginning of the game that he was going to be an emergency back. It was just kind of one of those things where they're going to keep him on the roster in case they needed him, which they didn't end up needing him. They could have with the way that uh, Keith Sean Vaughn kind of got hurt there at the end of the second half. Uh, you know, poor went out for everybody who started him yesterday because I thought he might end up having a good game. That whopping point five points was just amazing. Um, uh, do you think though, when Fournette comes back healthy, has, has, uh, Ronald Jones done enough to keep this job or do you still think it's an even split uh, for those two?
1: Well, I, I think that Fournette is gonna take some snaps because he is a better pass catcher. Well, he, he's no, uh, you know, Austin Eckler, when it comes to the passing game, he definitely, uh, is a better pass catcher than Jones you know, Miller didn't play a single snap yesterday and Fournette only played one. Both were basically active as, uh, emergency backups. They didn't need Miller. They only needed Vaughn for the one, or, uh, what the hell is his name? Fournette for the one snap. Um, I, I think that that, that backfield is going to fall into the same sort of area as the Rams backfield, the Ravens backfield, um, Jones is gonna. Jones is gonna get more run initially, but if he makes a mistake, it it could be, you know, he could he could start he could come off a hundred and fifty yard game, two touchdowns, uh, on the third snap, fumble the ball, and not play another snap the whole game. And Fournette goes out and rushes for one hundred and seventy five yards. So it it's gonna be frustrating some weeks because you're you're gonna think okay, there's an established pattern. And then it goes off the rails because, well, Bruce Arians is Bruce Arians. Yeah, I mean, uh, I
3: think they're they're probably going to have, you know, Fournette's not not going to play. He's definitely going to go out there and get some snaps. But it felt like Jones was looking better and getting more carries, even some of the games they played together. And I thought he's looked like a better runner more consistently. I know Fournette had that one big game in week two, um, but it just Jones has looked better, but there's still going to be some kind of a committee. Even last week when Fournette was gone, they used Jones. They used McCoy when he was still healthy. They used Vaughn last night. They used Vaughn. um, They used Jones. I think they probably would have used Vaughn more if he wasn't banged up and hadn't fumbled. I did think Ronald Jones made a few nice catches on some pretty decent balls uh, for Miller. He was out there quite a bit. If you're watching the game, he played yeah. quite a few snaps. He just didn't get any targets. And I don't know if he had, they just had good coverage. They had other matchups, you know, Brady was just hitting other people. I was surprised there was a couple of uh, plays where you saw the ball go down the field and, and miss, and I'd see Miller like open in the middle. Um, so it's kind of interesting to, is Juan done for the fantasy season? I don't know that he's done because McCoy hasn't been that great, but I think he's definitely didn't do anything to rise himself above Fournette and McCoy and definitely not o- above Jones, which leaves him kind of, depending on injuries, the odd
2: man out.
1: Yeah, my bad on the Miller thing there. I was I missed him when I was – Quickly trying to review the snap count there. No, nah, you're getting,
2: yeah, he, he was out there a lot. I want to say he he only missed About out sixty
1: three percent of the snaps. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. but that's it,
3: what. It, and arguably, he was came into that game healthier than Evans, who was a true game time decision. Miller, they said, was the only one of the big receivers that actually lost practice time. It just, it's probably just like Ridley, the game on Sunday night. Sometimes, it just doesn't happen for you.
2: On Chicago's side here, Nick Foles, 11 points. David Montgomery, 18. Allen Robinson, 19. And Jimmy Graham, 12. Um, are the Bears the uh, actual contenders here in the NFC with Nick Foles?
1: Dennis is wondering, maybe. What with Nick Foles?
3: Are they are contenders? Are they actually
2: contenders in the NFC with Nick Foles?
1: No. No, I, I, I think they even if they make you know make the playoffs uh, i just don't think they're they're that good it you know they could go on a run i suppose and put it all together as we have seen nick foles do but it it just doesn't feel like they're a good team to me they they you know they struggle opening up holes for montgomery and when when he can't get steam built up uh, he tries to jump side by side. He doesn't have the explosion of some of the backs that need that. We've we seen Foles make just some terrible, terrible throws yesterday. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that's kind of always been hit. Is it possible in week 10, Foles goes on one of Foles' legendary hot streaks? It's possible. But I'm not banking on it, not for fantasy. Not for the Bears.
3: So here's what I'll say: If you set aside uh, Seattle, which has had incredible offense and seems to have Russ really going good, but even there, there you might question their defense. And Green Bay, who's looked really good, we came into this season thinking there was going to be a real tight cream of the crop in the nfc and some of these teams have shown some vulnerabilities and haven't exactly pulled away so from that standpoint chicago with a unimpressive but functional offense and a pretty decent defense is definitely a playoff contender And we all know once you get into the playoffs weird things happen you know anything can happen i think when we would have ended last december i you i would have told you tennessee is a one and done playoff team and they ended up Challenging for the AFC title But it's hard to take them seriously as a contender right now It looked like when Foles subbed for Trubisky in week three with the numbers he put up and the way he was passing that maybe he was going to bring the passing game to life In two starts that he's made One against a mediocre defense one last night against a pretty decent defense He's looked okay at times, but not great. I think their defense really kept him in there I also just have a problem with their play calling because montgomery when they were giving him the ball looked like he was running hard and he was trying to catch the ball and trying to make things happen they talk about them not putting up very much running yardage that's true but they don't give enough sustained carries to get into any kind of game flow and when they do give carries if you're watching the way they were doing there are these weird motion carries you know, that's not exactly. I mean, if you, when you think of Chicago, at least I do, when you think of like the classic Bears, it's kind of line up and run it down your throat. And there's none of that in this offense. But Montgomery actually looks like he might be decent at that. I don't know if their line's decent at that or if Nagy can can commit himself to actually trying some of those things, but you see some of these plays and it, you know, Nick Foles actually came off the field and was kind of yelling at Nagy at one point last night because they were doing the hurry up and they were hitting moving all over and they were doing pretty good. And Nick Foles was like, we want to keep going. And his coach told him, no, you need to huddle up. And as soon as they started huddling up, they lost their momentum. They had two or three negative plays. They moved backwards. It's like they find a groove and then their coach willfully or accidentally just, kills them and that would be my bigger concern if I'm watching Chicago
2: yeah I mean that's what we talked about yesterday Matt Nagy and his play calling is just not um not not good for them at all Uh, I'm gonna say no um I have no doubt that they'll probably continue to contend all year they've got a really good defense so they have talents on offense I mean Allen Robinson you know I still don't know if Nick Foles is better than Blake Bortles, but I mean he's he's going to put up his points with Nick Foles. David Montgomery is a talented running back, uh, but I just there's too much more talent in the NFC for me for me to think that they're going to be real contenders. Can they make the playoffs? Sure, I don't see them being real contenders though. I just I, I I personally do not see it. All right, uh, let's do the rest of the Sunday games here. So, kick off our first game here. We've got the two and two Panthers at the zero and four Falcons. Uh, Carolina side, we have Teddy Bridgewater coming in, at QB fifteen. Mike Davis, RB six. Robbie Anderson, wide receiver fourteen, and David Moore. DJ Moore, wide receiver nineteen. The Panthers' offense seems to be getting better. Will this be a big game? Do either one of you have any hope for Ian Thomas or Curtis Samuel? With as bad as Atlanta has been against the pass,
3: uh, I'm going to say a little bit like maybe last week. You know, Carolina was moving the ball pretty good, and then you saw kind of in the goal line they got one to Thomas, they got one to other people. There's always that chance for Thomas and Samuel, especially with Atlanta being fairly generous. I just think on a regular basis, I don't know if I'd feel confident starting them even in a better matchup. Davis seems like he's going to get his. Uh, Robbie Anderson seems like the favorite target of Bridgewater, and DJ Moore seems like a pretty safe bet.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough to sign you one of them. I really I was going season and uh, wanted to grab him where I could, but that offense is just sort of, uh, omitted the tight end. You'd think Bruce Arians was calling the plays there. Um, so a game like uh Atlanta, where it should be high scoring, it's probably a game you want to, like Matt said, you want to stick him in your lineup. Curtis Samuel, you know, I just don't know what's going to happen there. It's like he's playing a complete opposite role of it that he was last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't looked up to see what his air yards are, but I, I can only imagine it's his A dot is like you know, 50% lower than it was last year.
2: Yeah, as much as I love Curtis Samuel, I was probably the biggest proponent of him on this podcast throughout the offseason. I would pass on starting either one of them. I think it's definitely Robbie Anderson and Moore. Um I, I was kind of right you? on this offense being good, though, so I guess I got that going for me, but yeah. Who would
3: have uh, thought Curtis Samuel would miss the salad days of Kyle Allen?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, on Atlanta side here, we've got Matt Ryan coming in at QB eleven, Todd Gurley RB twenty, Calvin Ridley wide receiver six, and Hayden Hurst tight end ten. None of us have Julio Jones rank. Uh, I do think that he misses. I assume that's why you guys have him off here as well. Who do you think benefits most from him missing this game? Well, I,
1: I definitely think they're going to try to get back in the groove with Ridley. Um, he is ascending to that number one role. He's going to. Due to Jones, what Jones did to Roddy White. uh, And and I think we're all kind of seeing it happen. I I don't think Ridley is the talent that Jones is, um, but he's making the plays. Uh, You know, I'm starting to think that uh, Oz is the guy to pick up there as the third. I think he's going to pass Gage. and, And in a game like this where Jones is out, Uh, he'll have that opportunity without having to really fight for it. He'll be that third wide receiver uh, at least. And so he can go in there and um, put up, if he puts up some splash splash plays, easy for me to say, uh, that makes uh, Olamides Zaccheaus, is that how you say it? Uh, That makes him something. I, I don't know. Hurst is frustrating. You know, last year Hooper got the volume. Hurst doesn't seem to be getting the volume. So, uh,
3: yeah technically, Julio Johnson says is a game time decision, I also think he misses even if he's active i'm not I'm not wanting to play him. He's had that hamstring injury since before the season. It just seems to keep flaring and I'm also with Dennis. I think we thought it was going to be gage last week. Gage was arguably the healthiest of those three wide receivers going into Monday night, and he almost was a non factor thanks to the great and powerful Oz. so. Yeah, uh, the name that you and I won't attempt, but Dennis feels, yeah. feels free to nail uh, is probably the one that I'm playing to.
2: Yeah. Give me the original Oz. I am out on Hayden Hurst until he proves me otherwise. And I don't think that's going to happen. I am taking the Panthers to win this game. Who are you guys taking?
3: I got the Panthers as well. So do I. So fire up God your Falcons me.
2: apparently. Oh, and, and five for the Falcons. Well, so
3: the question then becomes, how long for Dan Quinn?
2: I mean, well, remember we talked about it on Monday. Arthur Blank is not someone who tends to fire coaches in season. I, I, I don't know if they make the move. I, they may ride it out for a while, maybe till the bye week. But yeah, it's just imagine it. I mean, they could be sitting here easily at three and one. I mean, they were in the first three games. I don't remember what they did last week. They got blown. They got beat pretty handily by Packers. I think so. They could be sitting here at 3-1. The Cowboys should be 0-4. So, yeah, it's just a weird, weird world we're living in right now for the NFL. The Las Vegas, the 2-2 two two Las Vegas Raiders versus the 4-0 Kansas City Chiefs. We've got Derek Carr coming in at QB 23, Josh Jacobs at running back 11, and Darren Waller at tight end four. After a great week one, Jacobs has had just three okay weeks. Are we expecting a bounce back against a good Chiefs defense?
1: I would be as much as I want him to have a bounce back. uh, I have concerns um, that the Raiders are going to have to be throwing the ball a lot, and that's going to limit his opportunity. Uh, I I think if he's successful on the ground and keeps the ball out of Mahomes' hand, which is the game plan everybody wants to use going into it, then there could be he, he could have a great game. But unless he goes out and, you know, catches eight or nine passes, it might end up being a a rough day to have to start Josh Jacobs for me.
3: Yeah, so last year I think he benefited a lot because it seemed like they just had a really powerful line that was able to dominate the line of scrimmage. They've had some injuries and some guys go out, and it doesn't seem like it's kind of opening up those, those holes. And he doesn't seem like he's been the kind of back that's able to just make his own holes and just drag people through on his own. Obviously, the Raiders are going to see what the Chiefs, with uh, the Patriots, did on Monday night, and try to do something similar where they run the ball, try to control the clock, try to keep Mahomes off the field. That's really your best defense against them. If they're successful, Jacobs has a big day. If not, you know you could be. I think Matt, you were the one of the three of us that had him just out of running back one territory for the season. It does seem like after a huge Week One. He might be more of a top end RB two overall.
2: Yeah, I learned from last year with Derrick Henry not to count. Uh, what's the what's the saying go? Not to count your chickens before they hatch or whatever hatch. that saying goes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to take my victory lap just yet. But I mean, again, we, we talked about it. and I, I was having a discussion with uh, Damian Parsons on Twitter about this just a couple of weeks ago. It's it's not that I think. Jacobs is an overall bad NFL back, but for fantasy, I just don't think this offense is going to produce enough for him to be an elite running back for fantasy, which is where I think the, the, uh what's the word I'm looking for here. My mind is so messed up today. Um, The, the difference is so many people, when you, when you say, I don't think he's a, an elite back is like, Oh, well he does this. This is okay. Well, that's great. But for fantasy and NFL is completely different thing. And there's so many other factors that play into you being good at fantasy. We've seen some of the – Reggie Bush, one of the best athletes I think we've ever seen come out of college football, really only had one, two good fantasy football Mm -hmm. seasons. Like all that stuff really does matter. And I I don't think Jacobs and Oakland are a good match for their skill set. So
3: You also have to wonder if, you know, to me – their passing game with wide receivers pulling people down the field might actually be worse than it was last year. Cause we all like Edwards, but he doesn't seem to be able to get on the field. Rugs hasn't been consistently on the field. So you got like Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones aren't exactly putting the fear of God into defenses. You know, all that leads to your lines a little more beat up and you're facing eight or nine men up front. That's going to limit a little bit of your ability.
2: And and they still, regardless of all the players that they've lost at the running back position, they still don't seem to get him that involved in the passing game. And so I, I just – overall, I think – I'm not expecting a big weekend. We have him at 11. I don't think I had him much further down than that. So uh, that was our consensus rank. So
1: yeah.
2: I still have him coming in as the ba- – and he's going to be a guy you're starting every single week. You just You have to lower expectations a little bit coming off that big week one. I would say obviously – not necessarily touchdown dependent because he's still going to come through for you in fantasy, but when he gets you those touchdowns, that's when he's going to get you those high end RB1 weeks that's going to help you win a week right now, until until they can get a little bit more consistency on the ground. Uh for Kansas City, we have Mahomes in at QB1, CEH at RB seven, Tyreek Hill at Oops sorry about that. I don't know if you guys just heard that. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver four, and Travis Kelsey at tight end three. Hardman at wide receiver fifty two for us has really been stepping into the wide receiver two role as me and Matt have been talking about the past couple Mondays, but we still have walk-ins coming in at fifty one. So what are your thoughts on those two, and can even one be fancy relevant here against the Raiders this week?
1: Well, you know Mahomes is Mahomes and Ceh is Ceh, and I think they're Hill and Kelsey are both they're they're all secure. I, I like what Hardman is doing but I just don't think he's getting he, he isn't getting the looks consistently uh Sammy Watkins is starting to turn into that um possession guy uh he, he isn't the route runner Keenan Allen is but he's starting to to take over that area of the field and he's big uh he's much bigger than Hardman so he can go over the middle he can he can run those inside curls and those slant patterns and, and uh, take on the safeties. And so I think that that keeps limiting uh, Hardman's effectiveness. Hardman is, is hitting with the explosive plays. And I think that uh, that's what you're banking on if you're starting Hardman is you're, you're hoping that, you know, one of his four or five touches he's gonna, touches or targets that he ends up making a big play and getting in the end zone.
3: Yeah, that's it for me, too. I mean, if you have one of them, given the situation with buys and injuries, if you're in a a deep league, you know, and you have a lot of flex options, you may need to roll one of them out there. They both have a potentially high ceiling, but I would say Watkins probably has a safer floor at this point in time. I just don't think there's enough of a clear delineation yet to say one is significantly better than the other.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you guys, you guys know my feelings on Hardman. I, I, I've clearly stated that I think while he's he's had a couple good weeks this year, I think 2021 is the year for him once Watkins is likely kind of off the roster. I, I really think that Hardman's going to take a step forward. I wouldn't be surprised if he like fully passes Watkins at some point this year, but Watkins is still a very talented wide receiver. I mean, I would think it's fair to say injuries have been the biggest issue Um for his career. I would assume neither one of you are taking the Raiders to win this game. I am not. Neither am I. The 2-2 and Cardinals versus the 0-4 Jets. Uh, Does look like this game should be good to go. I haven't seen much else for the positive. I saw it was just one positive test. I'm Uh going to be honest. I haven't followed much about it since then. I saw a lot of people making jokes that it was probably Sam Tarnold that. I don't know, but I think uh, I think we're good to move forward there on Arizona's side. Murray coming into QB five, Chase Edmonds RB twenty six, Drake RB thirty six, and DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver one is Edmonds the play at wide receiver? Wide receiver at running back, and it is Kenyon Drake's last shot to prove he's the starter. You know, it's a it's going to be interesting
1: to watch. I still think Drake. Is a very talented back, but it doesn't feel like they're using him like they did last year when Edmonds was injured. So it, Drake is kind of getting more of the, you know, the dive plays. It feels like he still gets the occasional target, and then Edmonds gets more of the the plays where they're putting the the back in space, and it, it just. You know, it's, it's like they're trying to use Drake as the thumper and, and Edmonds as, as the, the flashier third down type of role change of pace guy. Uh, and I don't know that Drake is, is built to play that role. And so it'll be challenging uh, uh, for people who roster Drake. It's, it looks like uh, unless he goes on a Nick Folesian hot streak here, uh, it's going to be a frustrating season.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be one of the strangest cases of franchise tagging a player uh, that we've seen this season because they franchise tagged Kenyon Drake, which made you think he was a big part of the plans of what they wanted to do moving forward. But he's had almost no role in the passing game. Last week, he actually had zero targets, uh, and they've been using Edmonds a lot in that space, and Drake hasn't been a super effective runner we've talked about. That could be a little bit because Murray's probably their best runner but, uh, you know he's, I think they said RB 37 this is on the season in PPR. for a guy that people were taking as a running back one, that's you know that's not getting him done, getting it done. If you drafted him to be a starter, you're not getting a good return on investment. He had three and a half points last week. If he can't pick something up against a pretty terrible Jets team, I would say, you know it's time to cut losses. I actually moved him to the bench a couple of places. I have him because I just don't have any faith that he is going to get it done.
2: Yeah, I was going to make a a joke and poor taste of I think a lot of Kenyon Drake owners were hoping this game might get postponed so that they would actually be forced to sit him on their benches because everybody seems to keep starting him and he's just not producing for you. Uh, really quick question on Kenyon Drake. I have him in a league. I am 2-2 two in, two in. He is technically one of my starting running backs. I have Swift and Dobbins on that team as well. Everybody, McKinnon, a bunch of other guys who aren't guys I would really consider worth playing getting offered a the 2021 first for him. I did say I needed a little bit more though. What else would you guys add to that to get that deal done? That wouldn't be too much. Cause this dude is, I mean, he thinks he's God's gift to fantasy, so he's not going to add like a second round pick to it. Uh, but what would your guy, what would you guys add? Just kind of a little topper to kind of push that over the deep. Cause I think in all honesty, if I'm, if I'm being honest the first for Kenyon Drake, is probably a little bit of an overpay.
1: Yeah, I I think if honestly right now it looks like you should be jumping at that.
3: Well,
2: know. I I want to. I told him that I was like, well, you know, since
3: Drake has no security beyond this year, and the way he's yeah. looked doesn't really give you a great. It's hard to imagine they'd franchise tag and eat the up percentage on the franchise tag for a guy that they don't seem to care is on their team.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know why he thinks uh, – he, he want, he's a big running back guy. Like, he has to have, like, 30 running backs on his roster and then four wide receivers, and he's in second place right now. I'm in sixth, so I'm still competing, and so that was my biggest thing. I was like, well, if I sell Drake, I was like, I kind of feel like I'm throwing in the towel for this year, though, because Dobbins and Swift are not going to help me right now. And he's like, okay, I understand that. He's like, well, I'll give you my first – You know, is that fair? And I was like, well, you're probably a 10 to 12 team. So now I'm getting a background first round pick for a guy who has first or RB1 upside. He's like, okay, well, what else do I need to add to it? So I don't want to go overboard because I do want to offload Drake. Like I want to get rid of him, but I want to add a little bit something else to kind of sweeten the pot for me a little bit. So I was curious as to what else I I, could add.
1: I I think you're you're running the risk of completely losing out on uh, getting him off your team. Now, what you have to decide is at at sitting in sixth place, what are your points? Are you sixth in
2: points? Are you third in points? Are you ninth in points? Fourth right now. So I'm like I'm in the so, – the k- losing Kittle has hurt me those first two weeks. Like I, I haven't gotten blown out. Like the first week I lost by like – not the first week. Week two and week three I lost by like a combined 15 points. And week three I also lost Janu. Was it three or – Yeah. Three or four, whichever one I lost John who, but I didn't have um Kittle in because I I set my lineup so early I wasn't sure if he was gonna play. And so then that ended up costing me. It's just it's been a a weird season for me in a couple of leagues. Like I I have a good team and Devontae Adams. Not having Adams play has hurt me as well. In that league, I have Adams and Hopkins as my wide receivers, my top two wide so, receivers.
1: To me, it feels like then if you're moving Drake, you need to move you need to move Drake and something and get an upgrade at running back. The the first is – No, when, he won't when, give when me you, anybody, so – No, move off of him, move on to somebody else.
3: I don't I, think anybody
2: I, else will take Drake. That's, that's my biggest fear. I think everybody else is kind of like, no, I'm done with him. I, I honestly think the only reason he wants him is because he wants a little bit of assurance at running back. He wants a starter at running back, and he's willing to pay because he's a top team and, and he doesn't – care about he's one of those people that just doesn't value picks that highly and he knows that I do but my fear is again I'm not likely getting a good running back with pick 10 through 12 in this next coming draft and so I'm getting rid of a guy who you're right he has no secured future but if he does on the outside chance sign a contract in Arizona I just gave up the starter in what could be a high scoring offense for 10, 11, 12 pick, and I'm ended up looking at a bunch of good wide receivers where I don't need a wide receiver. Like, I'm set. My wide receivers are very – I pulled a Matt Fox in this league, and I've got, like, 10 really good wide receivers, and I'm rolling with a bunch of not-so-good running backs. I, I literally
3: – That's all you need, Well, Ten good wide receivers.
2: I, you know – Fuck everything You else. know I'm big on wide receivers. My problem is I – I wanted to go all in on the rebuild last year. So I sold everybody outside of Adams and Hopkins. Like I had Aaron Jones. I had, I don't remember who my other running back was. I had a bunch of good running backs and I sold them off to get all of these draft picks. And I went heavily in moved up so I could get Dobbins and Swift because Taylor went and I got all these other pieces, got Herbert, all these people that I can build young core around and, Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, my team shit the bed the past two years. I was looking forward to hopefully competing this year. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but enough about me. Do you have, do you have your own first round pick still? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I would have two first round picks.
1: Yeah. So I I guess it comes down to making, because if you make the decision that I'm out, then you want to, to me, it's starting to look at other uh, who else can I sell to get assets? You know, what, you know, do I want to? Adams is what, 28? Yeah. Do I want to move him for, you know, an elite young, you know, aim for? If you go out there and say, hey, I'm willing to move Devontae Adams, you know, you may be able to get a, a top end running back, top end running back uh, to build your team around next. Year
2: so. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's gonna be hard for me to to give up Adams. I love that kid. Uh on the Jets side, uh, we've got Bell or me and uh, Matt have Bell coming in at forty-two. Dennis uh did not rank him and Jamison Crowder coming in at wide receiver thirty. We know Flacco is getting the start. It looks like Le'Veon Bell is gonna play. We have not been told for sure, uh, by Adam Gase. Probably won't tell us until you know, 10 minutes after the game starts and bill pops in for his first carry, whether or not he's actually going to play. But would you start him if he is a go? Uh, I,
1: I would, I obviously didn't rank him because I didn't, I don't have. That he's actually play. Uh, But if he's actually. Playing, I I think he's the best. Uh, He's an exceptional pass catcher. And, Joe
0: Flacco,
1: Uh, uh, or am I still frozen? Am I back, or am I still frozen? You're back. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, Flacco is what he is at this stage of his career, Um, but I think he can execute the game plan very well. So I, I definitely would start Bell if he's active.
3: Yeah, I am too. I had him uh, ranked pretty decently uh, high. I think he, he can have some uh, – um, I think he can have a pretty decent day. So, um, you know, I'm, he and Crowder are about the only pieces that I want out of that game. So uh, I think uh, Matt said that he's uh, taking the Cardinals. Uh, who are you yep.
1: taking? I am taking the cards as well. No love for Jeff Smith. I am
3: taking the cards as well. And uh, Jeff Smith could be there, or he could be like the first uh, three games and not exist for them. It does look like Paramon is doubtful, so he's not coming back. Hogan's still there. Who knows with the Jets, man? They, you know, Braxton Barrios still exists, so could be a thing. But I guess we all took the Cardinals, which means yep. congratulations, to Adam Gase, on your first uh, win. So the next game is uh, Philadelphia Eagles, who are one two and one, but somehow leading the NFC least Uh, at the Steelers, who are three and zero coming off the bye. uh, For Philly, we had Carson Wentz as uh, QB twenty one, Miles Sanders RB fourteen, and Zach Ertz down at tight end nine. So it's been a little bit rough for the Eagles on offense. Probably isn't the greatest matchup with the Steelers' defense and on the road. Uh, Do you think Sanders can bounce back? Last week was uh, 9.6 single digits. Seems like uh, Carson Wentz is pulling his best Josh Allen
1: impression. Do you think uh, he might cede some running space to his friend Miles Sanders? Well, I think the intent will be for him to do that. But with that offensive line, I think – Ertz is going to be, or Ertz, Wentz is going to be running for his life. That line is in shambles. Uh, they need to be out there shaking every tree. Uh, you know, I don't know why they haven't brought in Ronald Leary. Um, you know, it, is Ronald Leary, you know, the second coming of Larry Allen? No, but Ronald Leary is better than the shell that was uh, Jason Peters and whoever was backing him up. And you know, they just need depth and bodies. They need to start cycling through until they get people that are alive and moving on that offensive line. Because uh, and, until they get some help, do you think
3: that's what hurt Ertz a little bit last week? It seemed like he might have been staying in into block a little
1: bit more because they literally
3: have no line.
1: Well, there some of it was I think is that, and some of it was there was nobody else for them to really focus on. You know, Ertz was that passing offense with Goddard out and you know the wide receivers you know Ward is stepping up but he he is what he is uh we'll see John how John Hightower does you know th- the the theory that is J set J.J. Ortega Whiteside is supposed to be active this week so may may you know this is uh, against the Steelers I I don't I don't hold out a lot of hope uh for this Philly uh Phillies
3: yeah, me either. Uh, I did not have Sanders ranked particularly high. I think it's just he's he's a decent talent, but he's been a little victimized. So on the Steeler side, uh, we had Big Ben at QB eight, uh, James Connor running back 13. Juju Smith Schuster wide receiver 16. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who's been fully cleared wide receiver 31 Eric Ebron tight end 14. So what do you expect uh, from the Steelers at home coming off a uh, unexpected
1: buy? I, I think the Steelers are going to actually be, put out a very dominating performance. Uh, I look for Connor to play well. Uh, they funnel their running game through uh, their lead back. Uh, it does. If Connor goes down, Snell becomes the lead back. That's just how the Steelers do it. Uh, I think I actually had Chase Claypool ranked higher than uh, uh, Deontay Johnson this week. So, let's see. Uh, I have Claypool at 42. Uh, no, I had him higher than James Washington, not Deontay Johnson. Um, yeah, I didn't even rank
3: Washington anymore. because uh, It seems like Claypool has at least kind of... Moved into that
1: third receiver because they're they're bombing to him. Well, Washington kind of moved out moved up when all the Thursday night guys moved out. Um, I I think that Pittsburgh, uh, you know, the one that makes me nervous is if if I have to start Ebron, you know, because that can be so hit or miss. Uh, the, the Thrive Fantasy uh, Over Under uh, has Big Ben at two eighty five point five. What makes me nervous about that is the Steelers could get up by 21 points by midway through the first, uh, second quarter, and and, uh, then Connor runs the ball 34 times.
3: That's true. I I actually probably would take the under on that. I think Ben probably more in the 265 to 280 range because that's probably all they're going to need. Philly just hasn't had an ability to score a lot of points. In fact, they – only really were able to win on Sunday night because Nick Mullins made an atrocious interception pick six and the 49ers hadn't been able to move the ball. I think if Philly's able to or if Pittsburgh's
1: able to move the ball, it's gonna to be tough for the Eagles. Yeah, I would lean the under on that as well.
2: Uh, I, I would take the over. I think that's the best way to attack the Eagles is over on that secondary. I think Big Ben. I think the Steelers. You know, me and Matt talked about it the other day. Are they're pissed with everything that's going on with Tennessee? I think they're going to come out there. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a rivalry between them as well, being uh, Philly and, and uh, with Pittsburgh Eagles Steelers. I think Big Ben. Then they're going to come out wanting to throw the ball. I'm a little curious as to your thoughts on or. Er- I guess I have Deontay Johnson so low. Is it just because you imagine Slay is going to be on him? That, that's kind of why I dropped him so low. Uh, Juju has been playing most of his games in the slot. Uh, are you guys just not believers in Deontay or, or why is he so low for you two?
3: I mean, I don't think he's that low. Our consensus rank was wide receiver 31, which makes him a high end wide receiver three. The Pittsburgh throws the ball around. They throw it to backs. They throw it yeah. to a couple of different receivers. They've been throwing it to tight ends. I don't actually think Ben's going to have to put up that many yards because I think in 275 yards he could throw for four touchdowns, and that would be all she wrote for I'm, – I'm in the with Dennis. I think they could build a pretty good lead, and then they're happy to grind it out with James Conner. And I wouldn't put it past that defense scoring because Philly's line is mostly a rumor. Um, you know you could have a couple of ugly turnovers those guys you know you have makecca Fitzpatrick in the back end you have Watt and all those people up front I mean go home you gotta, you're drunk. I don't think there's a bad play on the <laughs> on the Steelers offense right now, but um, I I think it could be a lopsided game and then like what Dennis
2: yeah. was talking about, Connor
3: gets 34 carries because they're just grinding off the clock and moving on.
2: I am with you, Phil. If there was a week to start Eric Ebron, this is it. Dennis, uh, noted, noted uh, Eric Ebron uh, hater on this podcast. Uh, anybody picking the Eagles to win this game? Nope. Not. I am taking Pittsburgh as well. Rams and Washington. Rams 3-1, Washington at 1-3. For the Rams side here, Goff at QB9. Henderson, RB24, Woods wide receiver 17, Cup. Wide receiver 12 and Tyler Higby tight and seven. Cam Akers is supposed to be back and available and playing in this game with Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. What will the or what does the RB situation look like for you guys this week? Do you trust starting any of them? Or who the running back with? situation
1: for the Rams is like a YouTube child's mystery box <laughs> reveal. <laughs> you could start you you can throw a dart and pick whichever one hits and he may get you 25 points and they may not see a single snap uh, i I think I'm not sure with Akers just coming back and still being questionable. I, I'd be hesitant to start him um where I have Malcolm Brown, I probably am putting him in my lineup as as a running back of last resort. Uh, but I, I don't have a lot of faith uh, either way that uh, that Henderson or Brown or uh, Acres. Uh, I, I can't start any of them with confidence. If I'm starting a, a Rams running back, it's because I don't have another choice. Yeah, yeah I have a couple of
3: places where I have to start Darrell Henderson. He's the highest in our in our combined rankings. Probably the one I feel the best about. But that being a relative feeling, you know, I don't think you can trust any of them. Henderson looked great for two weeks and they promptly decided not to use him last week in a game that was pretty much in doubt all the way into the fourth quarter. So who knows? Adding another guy to the mix is only going to make that a little bit more of a quagmire. This uh, feels a lot like a couple of years ago, Patriots backfield, where someone's going to have a good game. Good luck picking who.
1: Yeah, I, I like Henderson the most probably because of the explosiveness.
2: Yeah, I'm with you guys. It's Henderson for me. If I had to pick one, uh, you know, goes back to what me and Matt talked about a couple weeks ago. He's just looked better. Knowing, uh, I think him knowing the offense has helped him out a lot more this year as well, kind of get more situated. I kind of feel like Akers is still going to be the third guy. For me, it's going to be Henderson and Brown for the most part. Akers. They're sitting at uh, three in the running back room on Washington side. Gibson's coming in at RB 16 McLaurin at wide receiver 18. We do know Kyle Allen is taking over and will be the starter. What are you expecting out of him? And has Logan Allen kind of lost his luster and moved to being on your bench every week?
3: Thank you. mean means slogan Thomas. Um, I'm not expecting great things from Him the check. Kyle Allen era. Yeah. <laughs> not expecting great things from the Kyle Allen era. If you have to start Logan Thomas, it's probably because you're desperate. Um, I have a few leagues where I have a two tight end, tight end premium set up and there's just enough people on by and injured that I have to roll them in one league. I don't feel good about it in the slightest. Um, I think it's hard to feel good about any of the Washington offensive pieces outside of McLaren, who still seem to do pretty well, and Gibson, who seems to be getting stronger as the season goes along.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, they're starting Kyle Allen, who played for Rivera and Turner last year in Carolina. And so I think we know exactly what we can expect from uh, Kyle Allen. They're running that same offense as last year. So McLaurin is DJ Moore. Gibson as CMC. Uh, I think the only you, the, the only outside hope you might have is maybe uh, Logan Thomas plays that Greg Olson role a little bit better, and he does end up, since they went to Allen, uh, having some more viability. But I don't think it's going to be a high-powered offense by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, if anything, McLaurin is kind of starting to show that He has a little bit of that same thing about him that Allen Robinson has in that uh, he's going to get his. It doesn't matter uh, who's pulling the trigger.
2: Yeah, I don't want to rehash this. We kind of talked about it yesterday a lot, and my feelings toward how dumb of a move this is. So, no, Uh, I don't expect anything from Kyle Allen, if I'm being honest. Are you taking the Redskins then? The I am because I think season. I think the I'm taking the the fighting Terry McLaurins here to win this game because McLaurin's just a beast now. I'm taking the Rams. my my brother My brother <laughs> my is uh, is taking the Rams to the Super Bowl this year. I have faith. I'm going to be there. You'll see me on the sideline with them, waving at everybody. Yeah, no, I'm taking the Rams.
3: Yeah, I'm taking the Rams too.
2: We got the one, two, and one Cincinnati Bengals going up against the three and one Baltimore Ravens. Joe Burrow coming at QB 12, Mixon RB 9, Boyd wide receiver 25, and Higgins wide receiver 35. After his big performance in week four, are we expecting Mixon to finish as an RB one again this week against a tough Baltimore defense?
1: Clearly, based on our rankings, I'm going to say yes. Uh, No, I, I think that. You know, Mixon is starting to get involved a little bit more in the passing game, and uh, he's a good back. The team is starting to grow. Uh, Joe Burrow is taking that team and just he's pushing it and and getting them where they they need to go. This is going to be a season where it's a character-building season for the Bengals. They're probably not going to have a bunch of wins but they're going to play hard and it'll be time for them to develop together. They've got young players. They got Burrow Mixon, sample Boyd Higgins. They've got a lot of young players, uh, some young offensive linemen. And so I think as they just continue, they're going to just, they're going to continue to fight because they don't know anything better. They're going to go out there and bust their ass and, and, uh, come up short uh, i don't expect uh uh them to pull one out here you know even though lamar jackson has been uh riding the pine in practice because of a illness um i i think it'll be i i, I think mixon's gonna have he'll have a good game but is he gonna score 42 points like he did last week i don't think so yeah, it's not a great week for running backs,
3: which is, uh, you know, if you looked at the the ranks and where some people come just because of matchups and people that are missing, uh, Mixon gets a lot of the work, and he's in a decent offense. That gives him a good chance. He has talent. He has uh, high ceiling potential. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up with 10 points here uh, because it's a tough matchup. But, you know, I, I think he can do enough and can get enough involved to be a low end running back one. It just
1: depends. You know, I interviewed Bob Harris for the Saturday Evening Post from uh, SiriusXM uh, last week and the thing he talked about was last season the Bengals weren't in any kind, they, they weren't in quite as good a position as they are this year but when they got down, they Mixon was all they had so they just kept giving it to him and tossing it to him. This year they've shown that they'll throw the ball 61 times, and that affects Mixon when, uh, negatively when they start chucking the ball downfield more when they're behind. So I think that might hamper Mixon in this game a little bit as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think for me, I had him. I had him at RB eleven, so I'm expecting him to be a one. I think a touchdown would go a long way toward kind of making sure that happens. Which I do expect this to be a little bit more of a competitive game, uh, but I, I don't expect him to win it. Uh, Thrive a little. Thrive fantasy bet here on Burrow one point five touchdowns. You guys taking the over or the under?
1: I'm going to take the over on that. I'm going to take the under.
2: I'm going to take the over as well. I don't – Baltimore like hasn't looked quite as as good as they did that week one against Cleveland. I think this is going to be it, a really good game. It feels like a two-touchdown,
1: three-interception game.
2: On Baltimore's side here, we've got Jackson coming in at seven, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown wide receiver 29, and Mark Andrews tight end two. Do you feel – okay? Cincinnati has by far been one of the worst defenses against the run, yet we're talking about three running backs who just seem to all be splitting the carries here in Baltimore. Do you trust starting any of these three this week?
3: I'd say four running
2: backs because you're forgetting about Jackson. Oh, come on now. He'll tell you he's not well, a running back.
3: But No, but they're all getting about no, I, I eight got you. nine carries a game. That's the real problem. Yeah
1: yeah I, I think again it's it's much like uh, the Rams uh, YouTube mystery box reveal. Um, I, I've, I actually purposely started Gus Edwards a couple spots last week because I felt like the Ravens were gonna get up and they're gonna when, when they get up, they're not gonna keep running Mark Ingram. They're gonna run Edwards and then Dobbins. And I felt last week that was a perfect week for Edwards to get. 13 14 maybe 15 carries uh it didn't work out for me um but i think this week uh, the only thing i think could keep that from happening this week is uh if the bengal's if, if burrow uh keeps the bengal's in it then i think it's then i think they run a more diverse offense but if the ben- if the bengal's are in the, down by 17 points 21 points Uh, It wouldn't surprise me to see Gus Edwards in there grinding.
3: Yeah, I'm at the point in time where I need to see some more consistency before I feel good putting any of them in. We've tried to give Ingram a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but realistically, if you've looked at the box scores, each of those guys seems – each of those three running backs plus Jackson seem to be getting somewhere in the seven to nine carries. That's not really enough for any of them. Uh, you know you may have a week where like week one where Dobbins had two short touchdowns and that kind of helps him to explode or you have a week where Ingram's able to break one off for a touchdown like he did in week two and that helps him out but mostly it's all been just not the kind of scores you want to have to rely on
2: yeah I mean I'm starting Mark Ingram but that's just because my Scott Fishbowl team hopes that he does something because we're dying over here and we need some points but outside of that I don't just looking forward to 2021 when J.K. Dobbins proves that he's an absolute stud, but I don't think that's going to happen until then, unfortunately. Uh, anybody taking the Bengals in this one?
1: Nope. Nope.
2: All right. The 1-3 Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the o and 4 Houston Bill O'Brien. I'm sorry, the Houston Texans. They, I'm sorry, I forgot. Bill O'Brien no longer with the Houston Texans. Pouring out for... For old Bill. Hey, I drank all my water this time, Matt, too, so I learned learned my lesson from that last time. Uh, Jacksonville side, we have Minshew coming in at QB13, James Robinson, RB9, and DJ Chark, wide receiver 11. Right now, James Robinson is tracking to finish the season as an RB1 for fantasy. Are you going to take the over or under on that? Well, I think,
1: so what, the RB0? I mean, no, no, uh, as in,
2: like, or or, is he going to finish as an RB1 or is he not? I guess is the the best way to put it. Well, if
1: if the guys that I'm trying to trade with to get James Robinson are listening, no, he's (laughs) not. Um, But uh, no, I, I, you know, every year a a rookie running back pops up out of nowhere into the uh, high RB2, RB1. Uh, And it looks like James Robinson is that guy this year. So, yeah. I think right now, when it, there's nothing that we've seen, uh, he took the opportunity he was presented with, and, and he's wrestling it to the ground and keeping it. When Ozigbo and uh, Armstead are back on the roster, you know they're going to have to make up significant ground because Robinson has shown he can play all three downs, and he can do it very effectively. <laughs>
3: I'm going to say, barring injury, he he finishes as a low end RB one.
2: Yeah, I think he's probably just based on the injuries and and kind of what we've seen from a lot of running backs, whether it's the time shares or anything else going on. It's just it's been a weird year, and Robinson has been a true bright spot. He's he's very much the Philip Lindsay uh, kind of player we've saw at obviously at a Lindsay a couple of years ago, where he comes on and looks amazing. And I think Jacksonville is just good enough that he's he's staying in there and getting a whole lot of run the Jacksonville's is not getting blown out so he's staying on the field and he's getting some receiving work so i do think that it happens thrive fantasy bet for the jacksonville jaguars in this one james robinson t- uh, 96.5 total yards over or under
1: over yeah i'm taking the over uh, houston defense yeah. is struggling
2: Yeah, I I would take the over on just 96 rushing yards, and then you add the total yards in there. Yeah, Houston uh, right there with Cincinnati is one of the worst rush defenses in the league. On Houston's side, we have Watson coming in at QB6, David Johnson coming in at RB19, Will Fuller wide receiver 20. Bill O'Brien is gone, as I made a joke about a minute ago. We have seen that galvanized teams, though, in the past. Teams kind of come out and fight strong for their new coach, Romeo Cornell, or the uh, interim head coach in Romeo Cornell. Uh, Do we think that the Texans snap back this week uh, in, you know, and I guess in spite of Bill O'Brien?
1: Well, I think it's going to be a very competitive game. Um, And, you know, Deshaun Watson is a very mentally tough player, and I think, well, you may want you you may not agree with how how the agenda is going. As a player, you might think, "Hey, this coach is kind of, uh, you know, they're not putting me in the best position to win." Uh, I think when a coach gets fired, by and large, the players feel like they let that coach down. Uh, and, and Watson strikes me as being uh, a pretty thoughtful and sensitive guy, and and I think that. Even though he may may have wanted things to change, uh, I think he feels bad, and I think he's going to want to go out. You know, the Thrive Fantasy passing yards for Deshaun Watson are three hundred and five point um, five, and I think he wants to go out a- and show that 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 offense can produce. And so, I, I'm looking at the over there.
3: I'm going to take the under.
1: I think uh, this will be a
3: competitive game, but I am picking the Jags in this one. I think that the Texans have a lot of problems and simply firing Bill O'Brien and handing the keys to Bill O'Brien Jr., I mean, Romeo Cornell, is not going to fix it.
2: <laughs> um. So uh, the Thrive Bet, Dennis, did you just mention that? The 305.5 yards for... Well, okay, cool. Um. Yeah, I... Oof. I think I'm going to take it in the there under I'm a professional. Good job, good job. I was in and out. I'm not going to lie. I just saw a picture of Demi Lovato and I got distracted. So I apologize. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I will. I will take the under as well uh, as Fox did. I just. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I am picking Jacksonville to win this as well. Uh, I, I just don't see Houston being that explosive on offense. I, I just don't. Dennis, I'm taking Houston. Interesting. All right. The one and three Miami Dolphins versus the two and two San Francisco 49ers on Miami side. Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in at QB twenty-four. Miles Gaskin RB twenty five. Devonte Parker, wide receiver twenty-two, and Mike Gesicki tight and eleven. Just one reception in the past two games. Obviously, two weeks ago that was a touchdown, so he came through for you last week, not so much. Do any of us trust Mike Gesicki and anymore? Nope. Yeah, that's my yeah. Opinion.
3: I'm very, very nervous. I mean, he's got talent and there's potential upside, but he's he and Preston Williams. I don't know what they did to Ryan Fitzpatrick,
1: uh, but he is not looking their way. No, he is not. And I have a substantial Preston Williams is my highest rostered player.
3: Yeah, yeah so that hurts. That's all right. My highest rostered players on IR. RIP Courtland Sutton.
2: Yeah, uh, um, you know, I-, I liked Mike Kosicki a lot coming in this year. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I seem to have ended up with a ton of him and Hayden Hurst, and both of them have just been extremely disappointing this year. Uh, thank God for Johnny Smith because he's bailed me out in a lot of places. Because I was, I was all over Johnny Smith as well. But yeah, no, I, I just, I can't. You know, uh, we have him ranked the tight end 11. I think that's mostly due out of the fact that the tight end position is just got awful, but uh, I'm not I'm not expecting him to do do much of anything here, especially not against a team like San Francisco. On the 49ers side, Jimmy G coming in at QB 22, Raheem Mostert, RB 37. I did not have him ranked. Uh, McKinnon, RB 23, Iuk wide receiver 38, and, of course, George Kittle, tight end one. Mostert has been back to limited practices. If he plays, do you trust him? I will say I am not expecting him to play. If more news comes out that he will, he will move up in my ranks, but I'm still going McKinnon. He's officially
3: questionable a game-time decision.
2: I'm still taking McKinnon to be the guy this week. If Mostert's out there, I do expect him to get some run. McKinnon's been too good the past couple weeks for him to just be – relegated to a non-start, especially with the way Kyle Shanahan ro- uh, rotates that backfield. So for me, obviously, depending on your options, I would trust playing him if you're rolling out. You know, like I just mentioned in my other league, Kenyon, Drake, DeAndre Swift, and J.K. Dobbins, most are get right in there, buddy. You're starting as my RB1. Uh, but for the most part, I still think it's going to be mostly McKinnon this week.
1: Yeah, I, I think McKinnon is... You know, he's kind of taken over that role uh, the last couple weeks by default. And we know they brought him in two years ago to be that guy. So while I I like Mostert, it it could go either way. Uh, You know, McKinnon could rush for 110 yards or Mostert could rush for 110 yards. Uh, They're both going to play. Uh, you know, pushes Jeff Wilson is is Col- Coleman still on IR, isn't he? Coleman's on IR, so okay. Jeff
3: Wilson probably gonna get in there too, yeah, and you know,
1: the 49ers. So I I think, you know, obviously McKinnon is ranked at twenty-three. Um, I have McKinnon over Mostert. So uh I I would if I'm faced with the decision, I'm gonna start McKinnon.
3: Yeah, I think McKinnon's probably the safer play. Uh, Mostert hopefully can get back and get in there some, but it's not going to be like it was week one and two uh, yet um, because they're still easing him in there. Um, I listened to Stefania Bell a little bit, and she said I would not want to rely on Raheem Mostert yet this week because he's still trying to get himself eased back into everything.
2: All right. Anybody picking Miami to win this game?
1: Nope. Nope.
2: Neither am I. The best game on the weekend here, the three and one Indianapolis Colts versus the three and one Cleveland Browns. Jonathan Taylor coming in at RB12. Mo Alley Cox coming in at tight end 16. Are the Colts the least appealing fantasy team among playoff contenders? Do you feel safe starting anyone in the passing game?
1: No. I mean, unfortunately, between injuries and T.Y. Hilton's ineffectiveness that that passing game is just falling apart and for a team that's three and one in the passing game performing like it is it seems you would think that Jonathan Taylor would just be you know busting balls out there and, and he he's playing good but he's not you know he, he's not tearing it up he's not putting up 150 yards a game or couple touchdowns and so it's uh it's a little bit puzzling
3: yeah i think we saw last week they're not a super high volume offense they seem committed to using three running backs to using three tight ends to using 95 wide receivers yeah. you know and we said last week was a classic example among the pass catchers everybody had like one or two receptions but nobody that's not enough in fantasy to develop anything cox ended up getting a touchdown which kind of made him a little bit better but he actually wasn't even the most uh didn't even have the most receptions among the three tight ends because now the Burton's back for reasons surpassing understanding they're using him and jack doyle and then running back you know Taylor has looked really good when they've given him a chance, but they're still using a lot of Hines and they're still using a lot of Wilkins. So it's even Taylor, I I've come down on a little bit the last couple of weeks cuz he's not getting the dominant share that you think he would or could have.
2: Yeah, what I have to say to Frank Reich is this right here. Cuz he's just screwing everything up. He's a horrible play caller in my opinion. Um you know, Taylor, I'm not expecting a big game. Browns run defense has actually been really good this year. Uh, and as Matt just mentioned, the the rotation that they seem to be using for some reason, g- only God knows why they're rolling out Wilkins and Hines over Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I do like Mo'Ally Cox a little bit this week just due to how bad the Browns' defense is. But do I feel safe starting anybody? I think this is the one week you can start T.Y. Hilton because that Browns' secondary couldn't cover us two running down the middle right there. So T.Y. Hilton, he did just uh, – River, Rivers did just miss Hilton twice on long plays last that's, week. That's so. the
3: thing. It's not whether they can cover Hilton. It's whether Rivers can get the ball to him. And Very I am going to take the L on that one. Because among the three of us, I was the one, or the four of us, with our guests over there, I was the one that spent most of the offseason saying, I still thought Rivers had something left. He clearly doesn't.
2: No, yeah. On Cleveland's side here, we've got Baker coming in at QB17, Kareem Hunt at RB5, Odell at wide receiver 15, and Landry at wide receiver 32. With Chubb out, uh, how big of a game are we expecting out of Kareem Hunt due to... Indianapolis actually having a pretty good defense as well. And can the Browns offense put up big numbers against this defense?
1: Well, I, I think the Browns have shown that they have some explosiveness. Their offensive line is playing well. Um, I, I think that Hunt, you know, we know Hunt can carry the ball 30 times a game. He, he's a good back. And so I, I think Hunt, you know, the difference between Chubb and Hunt isn't nearly as big as the difference between Hunt uh, and Johnson, and so I, I do feel like the the running back split. Even though Johnson looked great last week, I think the running back split is going to be more one sided than it was before Hunt got injured. Um, that being said, uh, it I think the offense will be productive. I I think that you know Hunt's probably in for. 125 total yards, uh, maybe 150. Uh, you know, I think the Ernest Johnson will get 30, maybe 40, but it, it's going to be a Kareem Hunt game.
3: Yeah. yeah and I I think the split would have been closer last week if they had been close. You know, you saw once Dallas made a run and came back, they went back to, to Hunt and those other guys rotated out. But when it's 41-14, to 14, you can't blame a team for resting a uh, running back with a sore groin when he's your only option. I think this week you're going to see a lot more Hunt. I think they'll still be effective. They'll still be able to put up some points. I still think Hunt has a very good shot at being a top five running back this week when you combine getting a lion's share of the carries and the pass receiving work to a running back, it is a tougher matchup, but you know, I like his chances this week.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is a tough matchup, but uh, something that was pointed out multiple times, uh, on the, the broadcast when they played the Cowboys last week, the Browns are running the ball 70% of the time right now. So they're going to go to him early and often. I don't expect this to be like a Baltimore game, uh, Rivers and that Colts offense does not scare me at all even as bad as that secondary is for the Browns I think it's going to be a close game which means they're going to run the ball continue to run the ball they're not going to try and move uh toward passing uh so I do expect Hunt to have a really good game here even though as me and Matt talked about on Tuesday I think Jairus Johnson will get some run in this game I do think they will use him based on how much they want to use two running back sets but Hunt he's he's just so talented it's going to be a very interesting game to watch, I think, uh, with that defensive front for the Colts against that offensive line and hunt for the Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Thrive Fantasy Bet here, 241.5 passing yards. Are you guys going to take the over or the under?
1: Well, How many times has Baker surpassed that so far this season?
2: I'm, I'm guessing zero.
1: No, once. Against no, once. against Cincinnati. Oh, okay. uh, and even last week, if he'd been the one that competed, completed that pass to Odell for the touchdown that Landry threw, he still yeah. would not. He he'd still only had 202 yards. So yeah. uh, I'm taking the under, uh, and I, I think that because I was saying, I think Hunt is going to have uh, be the focal point of this game. So I, I'm definitely taking the under
2: on 241 and a half. I'm also taking the under. As am I. Uh, I am taking the Browns to win this game. Who are you guys picking? Browns. as well. All right. Damn it. That means they're going to lose. Well, congratulations, Tony. Congratulations. The Colts just won. Uh, The 0-4 Giants going up against the 1-3 Dallas Cowboys. On the Giants' side, we've got Jones coming in at QB 19, Darius Slayton, wide receiver 28, and Evan Ingram, tight end 6. The Giants' offense has been a hot mess here, but Dallas' defense has been, I think you could argue, even worse than that. Is this a get-right game for the uh, Giants' offense?
1: Well, the the only thing is, like, I um, mean, how, how right do we expect Devonta Freeman to get?
2: Oh, I'm not talking, uh, let's just talk uh, they, Darius uh, Slayton and different. Evan Ingram. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk to some of good players.
3: For me, it's Darius Slayton. If not now, when? when?
1: Right. I, I mean, you know, the challenge is Jones is a turnover factory and I love Darius Slayton and Ingram is clearly talented. Um, it, is it a, is it a get right game? It can be if they're clicking. I, I if they're if the offensive line gives Jones enough time, he's got the weapons in Slayton, Ingram, Golden Tate, uh, and if uh, the running game can gain enough yards to keep the defense honest, you know that there's definitely that possibility. The downfall is is that as bad as Dallas's defense is. Dallas's offense; uh, they can oftentimes uh, they can keep up with uh, with the other team. So, if you're not, if you don't if they're not playing against a high powered offense, Dallas can win shootouts fairly easily. And if it's a mediocre offense, Dallas, even if they give up, even if the Giants score the most points they have all season, Dallas can still outscore them. So I I, I'm hesitant to say it's a get right game. I think they should produce some decent fantasy numbers though.
3: It should be, Um, you know, if Slayton doesn't do it this week, Ingram can't get going this week, then you know, when, but part of me thinks that uh, Jason Garrett sits in his office uh, at giant's headquarters, looks at a picture of Jerry Jones and says, I wish I knew how to quit you. And That's part of the giant's problem. I don't know what it's going to be like for him coming back to big D.
2: You know, I'm, I'm with you. I I hope that it's going to be a get right game for them, but if you are starting them in your lineup, I don't think you feel good about it at all. Even as bad as this defense has looked on Dallas side, we've got Prescott coming in at QB three Zeke at RB two, Amari Cooper, wide receiver, 11 seeding lamb, wide receiver, 21 and Dalton Schultz tight end 13. Another big day for the Cowboys against a suspect defense.
1: Yeah, I I think that's the Cowboys game this year, scoring points. And, uh, you know, Amari Cooper has been probably the most consistent I think we've seen him in his career. And he is. That uh, you are.
2: That it, is true. It's sad to see, but you are. You are
1: correct. He, he's serving you a big old helping and shut the fuck up is what
2: he's doing. He, he is really doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's making me look like a complete idiot.
1: So, but I, I also think if if the Cowboys get up, you know they're going to shorten the clock, and the guy that does that is Zeke. So I, I expect, uh, I expect the Cowboys to get up. I, I think that. Well, the Cowboys' defense isn't great. You know, Alden Smith is playing lights out, and if Smith rattles Jones's cage a little bit, caught sack, fumble, hits him a few times, gets him antsy, uh, it, it it could be a rough day for the Giants. I think it's going to be a fairly, I don't want to say close game, probably two score game uh, most of the game. Um, so I think Elliott, they're going to try to. To kill the clock with Elliott, uh, Cooper and Lamb. I, you know, this is the week Michael Gallup goes off for you know two touchdowns and a hundred yards while Cooper and Lamb both you know catch five passes for seventy. I think Dallas is
3: going to be really good. I think they are motivated to pound the Giants and to say we are a good team because uh, if you listen to their coaches' comments. Um, there was definitely somebody Somebody was chewing them out this week. He, he called them out pretty hard after that game, called himself out pretty hard after that game. I think they they have an opportunity to make a statement, and they're going to try to.
2: I'm, I, I'm honestly kind of pulling back from Dallas a little bit on this one. I, I think the Giants' defense, and me and Matt kind of talked about this earlier in the week, and I know that the Giants haven't necessarily played in offense quite as good as Dallas has looked so far this season, but their Giants has put up the Giants defense has put up pretty good numbers. I am with you, Dennis. I think it is going to be a close game. You know, it's one of those things I talked about with the Browns and Bengals a couple weeks ago. It's just one of those games where it doesn't matter how good one of the teams are at any point in time in the year, they just always seem to play each other tough. Same thing with Dallas and New York; they always play each other tough, even when one of the teams is clearly not as good as the other. And for me, that's the Giants. Uh, I do think this becomes more of a Zeke game than anything else. Uh, The Thrive bet here for Zeke, 111.5 total yards. I think that's an easy over for me. What about you two?
1: Yeah, I'm hammering the over on that as well. Yeah, I'm taking the over.
2: Anybody picking the Giants to win this game?
1: Nope.
3: Not even their mothers.
2: (laughs) That's not true. All right. Viking the one and three Vikings versus the four and no, oh Seattle Seahawks. Kirk Cousins coming into QB twenty one. Dalvin Cook RB three. Adam Thielen wide receiver three. Justin Jefferson wide receiver twenty three. This could be a shootout. Are you guys expecting a big game from all of the Viking starters?
1: Um not from Kyle Rudolph.
2: Or yeah, just, <laughs> just from the ones you mentioned, I need, I need Rudolph to have a good game. I'm starting him in a 16-team league. I lost Dallas but Goddard. Come it's on, it's not Rudolph. Christmas
3: yet. It's not Christmas uh, yet. It's not man. Rudolph's time.
1: That's true. Uh, I, right. I have feeling at wide receiver one this week. Uh, I feel like with Seattle's propensity to score points, that uh, Minnesota half is going to have to throw the ball. At, you know. Cook gets plenty of looks in the passing game. Uh, Thielen and Jefferson are starting to click like vintage Thielen and Diggs. So uh, the the two of them hitting the 100-yard mark I think is uh, an easy thing to do. Uh, it'll come down to whether or not Kirky has a meltdown. If, if, if Kirk can not have one of those six for 21 kind of games like he did in week two, uh, then I think this should be if not competitive, at least a fairly high-scoring game because Seattle's defense is not very good either.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think much like last week, Vikings are playing for their season, so they're going to be loading up. Yeah,
2: and I, I
1: think I mean, Mike Zimmer, is, is uh, whether he wants to or not is sliding firmly into the
2: hot seat. Oh God, I hope so. I'm a, like, I, I, I said at the beginning of the year when they, when they signed, uh, signed him to that extension that I thought it was a bad idea. I thought that, that was my bold prediction on the Vikings is I think five or six weeks in, they were going to regret re-signing him to that extension. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins actually had a pretty good game against Seattle last year, and that was a good defense last year. I'm expecting with a bad defense, he's going to go out there and completely shit the bed. So I am – no, I'm just kidding. I love Captain Kirk. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I wouldn't be surprised if if all four of these guys have huge games, uh, but I, I would expect it more out of Cook and Thielen. I, I know this might sound blasphemous to say, but I still kind of want to see it one more week out of Justin Jefferson. I know he's had two really good weeks, but – I need to see it one more time. I'm not. I don't have him anywhere anyway, so it doesn't matter because everybody picked him up after that first big game. But I, I kind of want to see it one more week. But he is definitely playing good. He he does seem to be literally the guy they traded away in Stefan Diggs right back already with the team. But I would argue a little bit more explosive in Justin Jefferson. Uh, the thrive fantasy bet for the Vikings here: uh, 80.5 rushing yards for Dalvin Cook. You guys going to take the over or under?
1: it's it's tempting to take the over because cook can be so productive but I think they're going to have to be passing and and I think the only way cook hits that is if he breaks off a big big run like 60 yarder uh, if not i uh, you know i i'm gonna lean the i'm going go with the under on that 80 and a half rush yards I'm going to take the under as well
2: as am I? I think he's going to have, I think he's going to go over 80 uh, total yards easily, but I think he's going to put up a lot of work in the passing game. I'm going uh, under as well on the. On yeah, the it, it
1: feels like a 50 yard rushing, 90 yard passing yeah. game for Cook.
2: Uh, on Seattle's side, we've got Wilson coming in at QB2, Chris Carson coming in at RB4, DK Metcalf, wide receiver two, and Tyler Lockett, wide receiver nine. I mean,. Is there any shot that they completely shit the bed here against a really bad defense?
1: No.
3: There's a shot that David Moore catches four touchdowns, (laughs) and it's the number one receiver, but that's the only shot.
1: It's a Jacob Hollister week. Yes. Or
3: Disley or Greg Olson or – just I can't remember that guy that's their fourth receiver who sometimes
2: catches passes. I will will throw this out there. If that – We're joking about that, obviously, but there is a realistic shot that that could happen. If that were to happen, say David Moore, Disley, Olsen, whatever, one of those guys has a big game, who does it hurt more, Metcalf or Lockett?
3: Metcalf. They they said the Vikings have been atrocious against the slot, and that's where they've been dropping Lockett. So um, I would think if Moore ends up catching, it's because they're going to him on the outside and not Metcalf. But there's no Vikings – defender that's going to be able to cover them. We've seen better defenders trying to cover Metcalf and not being able. The only danger for Metcalf is that he drops the ball before he gets in the touchdown. Again, throws it out the back of the end zone just to give Kirk a chance.
2: All right. uh, Anybody picking Minnesota?
3: Not I. Maybe Mike Zimmer's wife.
2: No, nah, I think I heard rumor that she she actually went to went to the books and took Seattle as well. Uh, the four o'clock start here for the Broncos and the Patriots on Monday. So when me and Matt are recording the podcast Monday, we will be watching Broncos Patriots in the back. Or at least I will be watching Broncos Patriots. Yeah. Might be actually better for Matt to have that game. I'll on be recording.
3: Because- I'll be recording <laughs> Broncos Patriots so that I can go and we will not be mentioning what's happening
2: just yeah. in case. <laughs> Uh, so the Broncos 1-3, Patriots 2-2. and On the Broncos side here, Gordon coming in at RB15, Lindsey running back 38, and Jerry Judy wide receiver 33. Likely no fan. Drew Lock could return. We haven't heard anything back on that yet. Uh, right Actually, uh,
3: sounds like they are planning on him playing. Awesome. All right. So even He's better. He's been a full participant in practice. I've seen him throwing the ball. Um, they never put him on IR, so you don't get that. Like with Bell, we'll see them have to remove him from IR. In In Joku, we expect to probably be active. They'll have to pull him from IR. Denver never put Locke on IR because they hoped he could come back after two games. Looks like he will. Fant is doubtful, though, so probably no Fant.
2: Yeah. So with Drew Locke likely coming back, then what does that do for Tim Patrick, who has been phenomenal here the past couple weeks? I think it's good for Patrick. Patrick is, you, you you know he
1: doesn't have the raw talent that uh, uh, Cortland Sutton has, um, but much like Adam Thielen, he's he's a grinder. He's he's working. You know he's he's like you, Bruning, putting out five podcasts a day last week after everybody crapped out on you. He's he's putting in that grind, and when the opportunity arose, did you know number first round draft pick Jerry Judy be damned. Tim Patrick said, uh oh, no, I think this is mine."
3: Yeah, no, Hamler. He's already been ruled out. Uh, the Broncos don't really have a lot behind them. Deshaun Hamilton's not really developed in anything. I think Jake Butt could be a sneaky play. Uh, he looked really good in camp. Could get that passing tight end work. But it's it's Patrick for me. I think he's been the most consistent. He's really the veteran in this group yeah. because you know he's a year three player. Uh, He's been in the system a a while. He's worked with Locke for a while. Um, Judy's still learning and and doing some good things. But, you know, even with that giant touchdown that he had last week, he still is in that 50 to 60-yard range catching a couple of passes. I think Patrick is really going to be the guy and going to be a focal point. And they should have Lindsey back, so I would imagine that they're going to hammer both their running backs. I think this could be a low-scoring potentially ugly game because Cam is is not supposed to be back. So it means you either get Hoyer or Stidham. So they'll definitely be running. I think Denver will be running because you, you don't want to expose Locke coming back after an AC joint sprain to too many hits.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Tim Patrick. He was one of the three guys I've been having to to grab off the waiver wire with uh, Jeff Thomas and Darnell Mooney. So um, I'm hoping for a big game from Patrick this week. On New England side, we've got Damian Harris coming in at running back 33, James White running back 27, and Julian Edelman wide receiver 27. As Matt just mentioned, likely no Cam Newton this week, so probably a mixture of Brian Hoyer, the Destroyer, and Jared Stidham. What are we expecting out of this run game with uh, Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, and James White? Man. Just Damian really? Harris all day. All day, every day. And twice on Sunday. It's going to you,
1: happen. You'd think, but I, I think at this point in his career, if Harris was going to be something special, um, he would have shown it. Uh, he would have...
2: He, he better be.
1: He. I gave he him would, a first-round pick to get him.
2: He fucking better
1: be good. It, if if he was going to be, uh, I think he'd have made Belichick say, start him by now. And, and And well,
3: to be fair, they did start him on Monday,
1: right? But no, I mean, he'd he have made Belichick start him as in this is our unquestioned number one.
2: I don't think anybody makes Bill Belichick do anything, not even God. Like, God looks at Bill, it's like, Bill, what do you want to do? So, I don't don't know,
1: you you know, that there are those players that do. So, I I think Harris is going to be fine. Um, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a nightmare trying to predict that backfield. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. You know, what's, what's fun for
3: me um, going into this game is uh, Denver usually struggles with a good pass catching tight end, which new England doesn't have or a uh, big, you know, kind of speed receiver on the outside, which new England doesn't have, but they've been pretty good against the run even after they lost Uh uh, Jarrell Casey. So, I think New England's going to try to run a lot because they also saw Brian Hoyer throwing. Uh but that's why I think this could be a, kind of a crappy low scoring game. Uh Stefan Gilmore's also gone obviously yeah. from their team uh which is which is good for Denver, but Denver has not, you know, that 38 point explosion at the expense of Adam Gase aside they have not been a super high scoring game. I would expect Team, I would expect this to be kind of a close uh, game and both of these teams to try to run a lot. And I think new England's going to use a mixture of all three of their backs and they're going to dump the ball off to James white as a receiver. And that's probably gives him a little bit of a tick up over the other two, but I thought Harris looked good. We'll see what they can do against this defensive front.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping Harris does something because I just paid a lot to get him. Now I need him because
1: yeah. Well, I don't That's know if you guys is. just saw it, but breaking the uh, Jets' presumptive positive COVID yeah. test was a f- false positive. So
2: false positive. So everything should be good there. Somebody, somebody tried to get Gase to
3: test positive so they could get him off the sideline. It just it didn't work yeah, out.
1: Joe Flacco time.
2: Uh, what are we doing? Who are you guys picking? Denver. Oh, I know who Matt's picking. Matt's picking. Matt is picking. I Dennis, actually picked
1: the picking? Patriots.
2: Wow!
3: I think I, mean, I to, did. I uh, I'm gonna My take wife.
2: The, I'm taking the Broncos, baby. Let's go. I might.
3: I might switch. My wife took the Broncos, and I feel like I'm gonna lose because of it.
2: You are. That's so, karma. So who
3: are you
1: taking, Fox? I'm trying to write this down. I I'll stick with what I published, which was New England.
2: Now you got to take. This is this was your chance. This is your chance. Come on over the Broncos, They're a good team, buddy. We're gonna be all right. They're a team anyway. (laughs) All right. The one and three chargers going up against the two and two saints. We got Herbert coming in at QB 14, Josh Kelly at RB 22 Keenan Allen, wide receiver 10 and Hunter Henry tight and eight. Are we expecting Josh Kelly to bounce back this week uh, after two fumbles last week? And what role are we expecting Justin Jackson to have now with uh, Austin Eckler firmly being placed on IR? Well, I, I don't expect uh, Justin
1: Jackson to take over. Um, I think it'll be a 55 45 kind of split thing. Um, you know, I think if Kelly goes out there and does put the ball on the ground again early, then you, you might see uh, Jackson take over the predominant carry role. But the Chargers split the, the backfield. Uh, even Even when Eckler was healthy, it was a split backfield. It's going to be a split backfield. Um, I, I think that uh, you know both of them are probably flex level guys, uh, maybe with RB2 upside for Kelly anyways.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to split too. It's not a particularly great matchup. The Saints have actually been pretty decent against the run. Uh, and even though they have a billion people questionable, they don't have all those guys out this week like they did last week. I think, in general, this could be a tougher game for the Chargers.
2: Yeah, we talked about it a little bit when we did our waiver wire segment on Tuesday. Uh, for me, it's Joshua McKelley just because I think he's got the touchdown upside. When they get down into the red zone, I think they're going to lean heavier on him than Justin Jackson. But I, outside of that, I agree with everything you guys just said. On New Orleans' side, Breeze coming in at QB 10, Alvin Kamara running back one, Latavius Murray running back 29, and Emmanuel Sanders wide receiver 34. We do not have Michael Thomas ranked. I did just see another thing. I did not have Michael Thomas ranked. I ranked
3: him at number six.
2: I did not have. Me and Dennis did not rank Michael Thomas.
3: salvaging my fantasy season, all those places (laughs) that I drafted him, especially my work league where I'm in last place. Much to my shame, he's coming back twenty eight points, he's just gonna
2: well, we'll everything we'll will be he right. Was, he was limited again in practice today. Yeah, if he, he does today.
3: every day this week, he practiced every day last week. He's coming back, baby. Coming so
2: so back. we know how Matt feels then about this. If if he's out there wide receiver one on the week, Dennis, if Michael Thomas is cleared to play, do you trust starting him this week?
1: Oh, I think if if he plays, I, I definitely think you you start him. I I think you temper your expectations for one of those you know twenty five point outbursts, but Fine. I could
3: twenty two points. Fine, I'll give you that. I,
1: I could see a you know one of those you know a five catch for sixty yard kind of performances. Um, so I, 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 you know, if Thomas is playing, you play him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. If if he's cleared to play, he's in your lineup. I don't, he's too damn good. Anybody picking the Chargers to win?
1: Uh, I am. I'm taking the Chargers. Going (laughs) with the Saints and Michael Thomas over 100 yards. I mean, and and I think if it's not Thomas, the wide receiver to own there is Traquan Traquan Smith. Smith. I think Sanders is going to get bumped down to the three when Thomas comes
2: back. Give me the fighting Justin Herberts, baby. I'm taking it. I'm rolling with my guy. Got him everywhere. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Tuesday night game. Uh, actually, kind of, well, not sucks that it's on Tuesday. The way that everything's gone around this game is I thought it would have been one of the best games of the weekend here. The 4-0 Buffalo Bills versus the 3-0 Tennessee Titans. We've got Josh Allen coming in at QB4. Devin Singletary, RB17. Stefan Diggs, wide receiver 7 Moss has been back and practicing this week. If he plays, are you guys lowering Singletary? And do you guys have any concerns about this being a a Tuesday night game?
1: Uh, I have no concerns about it being a Tuesday night game. Uh, You know, I I think uh, the NFL, they just want to get their games played, uh, keep it in the week. Uh, You know, it'll be weird that – so there won't be a Thursday night game this week.
3: No, because the Bills were supposed to be on Thursday night, so their I mean, game got pushed to Saturday. Yeah, which means I w- I would sort of worry about them a little bit from that Tuesday to Saturday. That's going
1: to be a weird right. shuffle. I mean, it's no different. I guess it's like a Sunday to Thursday. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I like Singletary. I think Singletary, while well, Moss has been injured, has established himself uh, fairly well in the lead role and acquitted himself fairly well there. So uh, I like Singletary to continue to produce. Moss, when he comes back, he'll play a role. He's definitely the second best back on that team. And so um, can you expect him on a consistent basis to produce? I don't know because I'm not sure he's going to get that kind of opportunity unless something happens to Singletary. Uh, But Singletary is looking good this season.
3: Yeah, I think Singletary will still be – be the better play i think Moss probably get eased back in because he's still practicing in a limited fashion and moss probably technically the third best back there because josh allen's number one and then singletary and then moss
2: yeah josh allen's number one for everybody he's he's amazing uh but yeah i agree with you guys it's singletary still for me um i think i need to see moss come back and actually be used like we saw him in week one I, i think With as good as Singletary has played, I don't think that they're just going to throw Moss right back into kind of getting as much work as he did. On Tennessee's side, Tannehill QB 19, Derrick Henry RB 12, and John Smith tight end five. Do we think that the layoff will impact Tennessee at all, and do you think if A.J. Brown is back, can you count on him?
1: I think that we know what that offense is when it's healthy, and if they're all back – we know that Tannehill will play relatively conservative but take a couple shots. A.J. Brown is explosive. Uh, that Derrick Henry is a battering ram, and when he gets up ahead of steam, uh, it's pretty hard to catch him. Uh, and Johnu Smith is, is a, a specimen at tight end. He, he runs the ball. I mean, Smith is probably the second-best running back on that team. So... Yeah. I uh, Brown there's they they've
3: just been doing estimates because they're not allowed to actually gather be in the building. They estimated he would have put in a limited practice if they had practice. I think he's probably tracking to go. I would be a little worried because A, he's still rotating himself back in and B, they lost all their other receivers, so he's going to get really blanketed with TreDavious yeah. White, I would imagine. Because the only other receiver they have of note is so your boy Khalif Raymond, so I, I would think that that's going to be a concern. I actually think the layoff is going to hurt Tennessee, not just not because they were off for a few days, but because they literally haven't been able to meet or practice even in this a game week. They're hoping to reopen their facility tomorrow, so maybe they can get a couple of days going through. But I think there's going to be some rust. They lost a lot of people on offense and defense. They're going to have a lot of subs kind of filling in. They haven't been able to be together to go. You know, you can have Zoom meetings and stay connected, but that's not quite the same. And considering we had no preseason, they were kind of warming up, getting into a groove through three games, and then essentially take two weeks off. They did it potentially to themselves. But I, I think that could have an impact when you're coming back playing against a good team who's gotten into that groove and been steadily playing.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not playing A.J. Brown this week. Even if they say he's full go, Tredavious White has shown he can he can stop anybody. I'm a little bit worried about this offense. If anything, I'm uh, I'm all in on Johnny Smith this week. I think that's going to be the, the best play for the Titans. I am taking the Bills to win. Who are you guys picking?
1: I have the Bills as well.
3: I am also taking the Bills.
2: All right, so that will do it for us here week five. Me and Matt will be back on Monday to recap uh, the week five games and talk about the Broncos beating the Patriots live as we're recording. No, I'm just kidding. And then uh, obviously we'll work, uh, work out through the rest of the week based on everything that happens hopefully no more positive covid tests and everything and all these games will go off without a hitch good luck to everybody in your fantasy matchups this week and we will see you guys again
0: next week
1: right on prepare
0: for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready you i can't like the ready he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honest No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only they tackle like a 4 year Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I (laughs) (laughs) can't.